Coach Corey Wayne, and this is my video coaching newsletter. And the topic of today's newsletter is going to be a man, his mission, and purpose. Well, I've got two emails to go through with you today. Both of them are from military veterans. The first one is from a guy who spent three combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. He's got injuries that he suffered, and he also has severe PTSD, and his 20-year relationship or marriage to his wife of his children has basically been falling apart after he found out that she was having several emotional affairs with other men, apparently several other men, about 10 months ago. He basically kicked her out a couple weeks ago and now he feels totally lost and doesn't know what to do. And the other one I've got is from also a former career army officer who's retired and now works for the DOD. And he just sent a quick note of thanks for my work. So I have a quote that I wrote in this topic and then we're going to go through this first guy's email to see what he needs to do to turn things around, what he should really be focusing on so he can get back to a place where he has a compelling mission, vision, and purpose for his life. So the quote says, when a man feels like he is doing what he was put on this earth to do, he will feel most alive, engaged, and interested in living a great life and becoming all that he is capable of being. When a man does not know what he wants out of life, what he wants to do with his life, or is unsure of what his purpose is, he often will feel like his life has no meaning or purpose. Success is a process. Feeling successful and happy is the result of making progress towards achieving your grandest goals and dreams. Taking imperfect action towards what you want or at least researching things that are compelling or interesting to you in order to figure out what you want is better than doing nothing. All big things have little beginnings. There's just way too much focus on our society and instant gratification for everything. If you got a problem, if you're ill, if you're sick, pop a pill. It'll make you feel all better. And then you hear 20 minutes worth of symptoms and side effects that you may encounter if you take that particular medication. If you're having a problem with somebody you're in relationship with, here's a magic pickup line. Here's a paragraph you can read and it'll change everything. You want to start a business and become a millionaire? Well, you just have to get lucky and do the right thing and then it just happens magically. The reality is anything that you want in life worth having, if you're out of shape now and you want to get in great shape, it takes time, it takes repetition, it takes working out properly, it takes proper cardio and most importantly, it takes being very disciplined in your diet for extended periods of time if you want to get the results that you're trying to achieve. Same thing with a business or a career. You don't become the CEO of the company as soon as you graduate college or high school. It just doesn't work that day. And you, you, We look at big people like Mark Zuckerberg. These guys started out with a little project thinking, well, this would be a really cool thing to build before they even considered turning into a business. But they don't look at the fact that it took a decade or more to really make it into a large billion dollar company. Guys like Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, all of them went through many, many years of struggling. Like one of the things that Elon Musk did 
when he was young and starting out was he lived on a dollar a day for 30 days just to see if he could do it because he figured, you know what, if I can live on a dollar a day for 30 days and still get by, I think I can, I'll have what it takes to become an entrepreneur and figure things out. So with that in mind, let's go through this first guy's email because obviously he's really in a difficult place. He says, hey Corey, somehow I just ran into you online and this is to say I'm sorry but before today I had never heard of you. However, where have you been? I've been here, dude. The way I look at it is what happened happened and it couldn't have happened any other way. You showed up right on time. You're not too late. You're not too early. You're right where you're supposed to be and that's a good thing. I've been watching some of your videos and I'm about to begin your book. You, my friend, have been put into my life for a reason. Well, in my life experience, I have found that there is no such thing as an accident. Everything happens for a reason. Every experience that you have in life, good or bad, and all the people that come into and out of your life, they have a gift for you and you have a gift for them. doesn't mean everybody's supposed to stick around in your life forever, but the key is to get the gift because everything that happens to us is really preparing us for who we're becoming and will become and the future. The key is to focus on what you have control over. None of us, to my knowledge, have a time machine, so you can't go back and fix what you may or may have may have done right or fucked up in the past, and you can't go forward into the future to see how things are gonna turn out or get the winning lotto number or figure out the right combination of what you need to do in order to build a really cool business or have the best career. The only thing you have control over, and like when I work with professional athletes, it's getting them to stay in the present moment. One of the, my favorite coaches, Bill Belichick of the New England Patriots, is a master at that. He's a master of getting his players focused in the present moment. As a matter of fact, last year, when they got their asses handed to him, had a really huge, actually it was about two years ago, if I remember right now, they got their asses handed to him, had a really big loss. And people were saying, wow, I guess it's over. I guess the game has passed him by. I guess Tom Brady's too over the hill. Time for a new quarterback. Probably need to just fire the head coach and get rid of that Tom Brady quarterback because, well, they had a good run, but I guess it's over now. That was the attitude the reporters had towards him. And what did he say? We're on to Cincinnati. That was his way of saying, I'm locking into the present moment. I, as a coach, I'm focused on doing what I need to do right now in the present moment to get my players focused on preparing for the Cincinnati Bengals who are going to play next week, even though this is literally right after he lost the game. I think it was the game they lost to Kansas City. As a matter of fact, what was so great about that is I remember sitting there watching that news conference and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great that if he comes out and they go to the Super Bowl and they win? And as a matter of fact, they ended up doing that. that year. They won their fourth Super Bowl pretty impressive. Nothing shuts up haters like success. And all those people that hate on you and tell you you can't do it, those are always the people that are kissing your ass once you do it. Hey, can you give me a job? Hey, can I borrow some money? Hey, how did you do it? They want to know everything. They want to tell everybody that they know you. Just the world that we live in. My name is Bob and I'm a veteran of three combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. And because of this and severe PTSD and other issues, 
my relationship of twenty of a twenty year marriage, and we were together. Actually, I guess you were together eighteen years. We're married for eighteen years together for a total of twenty. Has suddenly came to an end. My wife, who I adore, begun having emotional affairs with several men about ten months ago, and moved out. Asked her after I asked her to leave two weeks ago, and since then, I am in ruin and at the end of my rope. Well, you're never at the end of your rope. The only thing that you're lacking is simply an idea. All you need is one good idea and to focus on that. But that's what we tend to tell ourselves when the future looks bleak. Remember, people will act consistently with how they view themselves to be. And it doesn't matter whether that view is accurate or not. And just like I was talking about with the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick type of example, you got to focus what what do I have control over right now? What can I do right now to better my situation? And you're always going to feel better when you do something, even if it's just going to the gym and working out or doing some research on a computer if you're not sure what you want to do with the next chapter of your life. But the thing you got to consider about this is after 20 years and you guys have kids together as well, you have three kids together. After all this, after everything you've been through, instead of working things out, what's your wife do? She's getting some of her needs met outside of your marriage. Now, you said an emotional affair, so that tells me that some of the talking and joking and the having fun that wasn't happening in your marriage, she turned to other men to get that. But you didn't say that she was cheating or anything like that. But at the end of the day, instead of focusing on what the two of you have together in your family, she looked to meet her needs outside of that. And the number one most important thing to men in a relationship, been lots of studies done on this, is loyalty. And especially a guy like yourself who's been in combat, you understand the meaning of a brotherhood. I mean, literally, if the person, if your battle buddy doesn't have your fucking back, it'll get you killed. And obviously you come back and for any guy that's in your – what's interesting, if you look at vets today versus like my grandfathers, both my grandfathers were in World War II. The biggest problem – and it really started with my dad's generation. My dad was in Vietnam. His brother, my uncle was also in Vietnam. Back then, you didn't come back and wear your uniform around because people would spit on you and call you a baby killer. They, I mean really there was this culture in the country that shamed military members and people that wore the uniform. And so in World War II, everybody came back and even Korea, they were all welcomed as heroes. Everybody wanted to hear about the war stories. It's like my dad's father, my grandfather, every week when they sat down and they had dinner together as a family, he was always telling one war story after another. He, my dad's father was in the Navy during World War II. And so the thing that he did his whole life is he was always talking about it. He was telling his kids the stories and a lot of couples because pretty much everybody was involved in the war effort during World War II. They used to sit out in their porches, the husbands, the wives, and just share war stories. And this was something that went on every week, literally for the rest of their lives. And around my dad's generation, that all kind kind of stopped and guys started bottling this stuff up because when, when trauma happens to you and guys that have PTSD, they bottle this stuff up and they don't talk about it. When something happens, especially in combat, you don't have time to sit there and think about the gravity of the situation or what just happened or cry about it 
or discuss those things because you're still in the middle of a firefight oftentimes and you're right in the middle of a mission. You can't stop to do those things. And then you get home and people are like, did you kill anybody when you're over there? And they say shit like that and more often than not, it's just better. It's just people can't relate so it doesn't get talked about. So you go after one combat tour after another and these things build up inside because there's – unlike when I was talking like my grandfather's generation, they literally talked about these things the whole rest of their lives and that was therapy. That was very therapeutic. So they discussed it and shared it with everybody. You may have heard me say if you've been following my videos for a while, you, ha you have to feel it to heal it. What you resist will persist and what you look at disappears. And the biggest thing that you can do, especially anybody that's suffering for PST, PSTD, is you got to talk about it. So you got to find groups of people, whether it's other vets or a therapist or a counselor or some place you can go where you can talk to other people who can understand that and talk about it and talk about it and talk about it for the rest of your life and share those experiences. Because that's the only – you got to think of talking about things as kind of like – we're kind of, if you've ever seen, looked at a water heater, there's a little pressure relief valve on the top. In other words, if because when water boils or when it heats up, it tends to expand. And when the pressure gets too great in the water heater, they have a pressure relief valve that kicks in and releases the pressure so the tank doesn't blow up. And so you got to think of yourself talking about your experiences. If you're a vet and you've been in combat and you haven't talked to anybody about that, talking about it is the therapeutic part of it. It's just like for me, all these videos I've done over the years, it's actually therapeutic when I talk about these things in my history and my past and the shit that's happened with my family and the average person that hasn't had those kinds of experiences like, holy shit, I can't believe that happened to you, Corey. But just talking about those things is therapeutic because it's like when you get to the point where you accept your life and you accept the things that have happened to you, nobody can ever use them against you. It doesn't bother you anymore. And so by talking about things, you have to do it. You can't get away from it because if you don't talk about those things, if you have an emotion or something that's traumatic that's happened to you in life and you don't talk about it, it's going to get stored as muscle tension in your nervous system. And the more muscle tension that you have in your nervous system, the more it locks your spine up, the more it seizes up your muscles. And the more it's, you start to lose access to different parts of your personality, especially like when it comes to emotions and relationships and things of that nature, if you're not talking about these things, it can it, obviously it's going to interfere in your interpersonal relationships with other people because it starts to create a habit and you got all this stuff bottled up in you and it's just like this rage and people can see it in your face. So do yourself a favor, join a support group, go find some other vets. And on a weekly basis, talk and talk and talk and talk about your experiences and share your experiences and get it out because that's like the pressure relief valve. You have to do it. There's no – if you want to get better and you want to get over that, you have to do it. And there's lots of people that are experts, that are psychologists and counselors and people that can help you with that stuff. I mean just joining a simple support group or talking to some other vets will help you. And like for my grandfather, like when I was a kid growing up, my grand, anytime I was around my grandfather, he was always telling us war stories. I mean he literally – he was in World War II in the 1940s and he didn't pass away until the early 2000s. So you, you got to figure he spent 50, 60 years of his life talking about 
his war experiences on a weekly basis. Think about it. That's how those guys got over those kinds of things is by talking about it. And we need to get back to that as a society, especially with our vets, because we have so many men and women that have been in combat and they don't talk about it. It's like we people need to know what you experienced over there, even if it makes them feel uncomfortable. So he says, we have three kids together and one is away in the Marines and two still live with me, ages 15 and 17. Corey, I can't begin to tell you how defeated and lost I feel and I'm constantly begging her and chasing her which is obviously driving her away. You need to cut that shit out, dude. You're not the one that had the emotional affairs. Your wife is the one that did that. It's like in essence, you're trying to apologize to her for the fact that she was disloyal to you. I don't fucking think so because you're enabling her behavior. Think about it from this perspective. If you love yourself, if you value yourself and you appreciate yourself, you're going to say to her, it's like, I don't appreciate the fact that you're talking to these other men. I mean, obviously, if we're having problems, we, you and I need to sit down and work it out. We'll go to therapy. We'll go to a marriage counselor if we have, have to. But that is not acceptable. And get her to talk about those things between you and her. But running after her like a little puppy dog, begging her to give you another chance when she's the one that started looking outside the marriage, all that is doing is telling her that what she did was acceptable and it was okay. Remember, the strongest negotiating position is being able to walk away and mean it. And you're basically running after her and that just communicates that you're okay with being treated like a doormat. I mean, fucking A, dude. Have some self-respect. You served three combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. You're letting this little woman turn you into a little lily, a little flower. I mean, you're much stronger than that. Besides, you got a son that's a Marine. You have to get through this for your son. Because someday your son, if he if he continues to be in the Marines, he's going to be deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan or Africa or wherever else. He needs you to figure out how to get through this stuff. Because kids will, won't do what you tell them to. They will follow your example. And that's one of the best things that you can do for your son is for his – to see his dad come back and after all the shit that he's been through, get focused on his mission, get focused on his purpose, taking care of yourself, working out, having a great job, a great career, something that's emotionally compelling to you, getting into the civilian lifestyle because someday he's going to need your guidance. So you have to get through it. Your job as a parent, it ain't over yet, dude. If you don't feel like doing it for yourself, you got to do it for your kids, do it for your family. It doesn't matter whether or not you're, you're able to work things out with your wife because you have no control over whether she comes back or not. The only thing you have control over is yourself. You got to get back to being the guy that she fell in love with. The guy that she fell in love with, whether she comes back or not for that guy, is the guy that you need to be in order to reattract her or somebody better if you guys don't end up getting back together. Again, the only thing you have control over is what you do right now and you need to focus on yourself. Like I was saying earlier, you need to talk about your experiences either with a support group or people that are professionals that can listen to you and help you relieve that tension and relieve those experiences. Get back to taking care of your body, taking care of yourself, 
focus on your mission, your purpose, your career in life and becoming that happy, complete, whole man again. That man that she fell in love with 20 years ago. You're still that guy. You haven't changed. You're just, you've just chosen because of your life experiences. You gave your life experiences a certain meaning that you told yourself was going to interfere with you being who you were. He says, we have three kids together. One's in the Marines. Two still live with me and they're ages 15 to 17. Corey, I can't begin to tell you how defeated and lost I feel and I'm constantly begging her and chasing her, which is obviously driving her away. I can't imagine her with another man and I feel hopeless. Well, at the end of the day, you don't have any choice over who she chooses to be with. All you, have, all you can do is be the absolute best option in her life. And the next time you talk to her, say, I love you. I want to work it out. But these guys that you're talking to or you're involved with, they need to get the fuck out of the picture. And if you'd rather stay involved with them, then great. I hope it works out for you, but I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to assume that you don't want to be a part of our family anymore and I'm going to find somebody else. But if you're ever, you ever want to work it out and you want to talk and you want to communicate and give our family another chance, we'll do whatever we take together as teammates. But this shit with these other men, that's got to stop. That's just not going to work for me. And if you're not willing to get rid of these dudes, then you know, we're definitely going to go our separate ways. And it's got to be that way. Because of my injuries, I did gain weight and I topped off at almost 310 pounds, but I'm now back down to 268. That's great, dude. That's a lot of weight. That's, we're talking 40, about 42 pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose. So pat yourself in the back. That didn't come off overnight. You didn't, go to, you didn't go to bed 310 pounds, pop a, a magic pill and wake up, hey, I'm 268 pounds. I mean, wouldn't that be great if they, had, if they invented something like that? That's not the world we live in. It's attention to detail. And you being a military member, you understand attention to detail, being squared away AJ. It's those little things, right down to polishing your shoes and your medals and pressing your uniform and your shirts, and cleaning your gun, taking it apart. Making sure your windshields are dry and your equipment before you roll out your base. All those little things. You got to get back to being a dude who pays attention to the little details. Because when you're busy focusing on the little details, everything else tends to take care of itself. Masculine energy is about purpose, drive, mission, succeeding, accomplishing, breaking through barriers, overcoming obstacles. Your wife cannot be your purpose. What makes a man attractive to a woman is a man who has goals, who has ambition, and who is seeking to do what he was put on this earth to do. That will make you more attractive. By focusing on yourself and taking care of you and getting back to that guy you were 20 years ago when she first fell in love, that's going to give you the best possible chance to either reattract her or someone better. And as I say all the time, you got to read the book 10 to 15 times and apply what it teaches in order to get better because repetition is the mother of skill. I'm now 39 years old and I'll be 40 in two weeks. I'm single, fat, and broken. Those are just labels that you're labeling yourself. At the end of the day, you could say I'm a work in progress. I'm not as good as I used to be. I've gone through a little trough in my life but you know what? I'm getting better. Your goal 
each and every single day should be to try to get a little better today than you were yesterday. To take care of your body, eat a little healthier this week than you did last week. Go to the gym a little bit more this week than you did the last week. Focus on your career, focus on your job, focus on your mission. Focus on getting up and doing things that make you happy, that make you smile. Because when you're happy, when you love your life, you're gonna smile more, you're gonna feel better, you're gonna feel prouder of yourself, you're naturally gonna stand taller, you're naturally, your chest is gonna be out, your shoulders are gonna be back, your head's gonna be back, you're gonna be in a peaceful and relaxed state. The biggest thing you need to do is you need to focus on taking care of you. And everything else will fall into place. It's like what uh, Senator Fred Thompson said. He says, a man who never quits is never defeated. We've all gone through shitty things in our life and difficult chapters. I've, I've had difficult things. I've talked about them time, just countless times in my videos. I had a situation years ago. I had a lot of money tied up in real estate. I wasn't very liquid and I got involved in some business dealings with some guys that, that were friends of mine supposedly and I trusted them. And then I had a $2.5 million office building deal fall through and I was expecting my half a million dollars in equity and then that didn't happen and these other guys didn't contribute the money they were supposed to contribute to our business. So I literally – I had twenty grand in the bank and I had several hundred thousand dollars tied up in real estate and I had $20,000 a month in personal bills. So I literally had 30 days worth of cash. And the guy's like, well, you know, I think you should probably just file bankruptcy, Corey. I'm out of here. I can't, you know, I've got this going on. I got that going. I can't really be involved with you. So nothing personal. It's just business. You know, for me personally, I had everything. I everything I'd been working for my whole life at 34, 35, from the time I was a teenager, was in a really precarious position financially. At that point, I got 20 grand in the bank. I got twenty thousand dollar monthly nut. My it's big deal. It had just fallen through. And so I had all this debt and I had all this li- I had all this cash but it was all tied up in real estate. And I could have just given up and checked out and said fuck it. But I focused on what I needed to do right then and there and that day and that started me on a process that led me down to the road to realize, you know what? I'm just going to liquidate everything and get out of real estate and become a full-time life coach because that's what I really wanted to do. That's what I realized. I took a step back and said, okay, do I want to continue doing what I'm doing right now or would I want to go and do something else? And after I had liquidated my house and sold and finally liquidated that office building, literally three months later, the fucking bottom fell out of the property market. And I was thinking to myself, man, I am so fucking glad that I got out of that industry because if I had all my money tied up in real estate, I would have lost everything. I would have lost all my equity and all that money I put into this business and figured out my business model, I would have never had that. But I got through it because I focused in the present moment what I needed to do right now. And that's what you need to ask yourself. What must I do right now today in order to get me from where I am right now to where I want to be someday? All you have is the action that you're going to take moment by moment. Try to get a little better each and every day. You can get there, dude. Anybody can go do three combat tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's like, come on, man. Everything else you're going to do the rest of your life is going to be easy compared to that shit. 
So I got, let's go through the second email. This is a real short one. Just a quick thank you from this guy. He says, hey, Corey, I've been watching your videos on YouTube and I have enjoyed your straightforward approach. I purchased your audiobook and was further impressed with you from your introduction. I'm a retired Army officer and I still work for the DOD, Department of Defense, for those of you who don't know. And I really appreciate what you said to those who serve. Well, I come from a family of veterans. With the exception of my generation and my brother's generation, everybody in my family, every generation going back over 100 years has served in pretty much every single fucking war and conflict we've had. So I grew up listening to nothing but history and foreign policy and war stories. That's one of the things I love when I'm around my family is we always talk about these things. Thank you and I salute you and what you do. And for both of you guys, I really appreciate both of you and your service because without you guys standing up, and volunteering for those difficult fucking jobs, we wouldn't have a country. And the only reason I'm able to do what I do is because of you guys. So I can't do what I do without you guys. So thank you. I love all of you. And for all my guys and girls downrange, keep your fucking head on a swivel and thank you for your service. And if you would like to get my help personally, go to my website, click the products tab at the top of your screen and just follow the instructions for booking whichever coaching option works best for you. And I will talk to you soon.